Hello, and welcome to Raising Eco-Minimalists, a podcast that acts as a community for those who are raising kids who care about their mind, body, and the earth. I'm Laura, your host, mom to a five-year-old and self-described anxious eco-minimalists. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Raising Eco-Minimalists. Today, I am joined with Addie Fisher of Old World New. And before we jump right in, uh, I just wanted to first say, Addie, welcome and thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So we are going to be talking all about thrifting or buying secondhand with kids. First, uh, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course. Um, So yeah, I'm Addie of Old World New. It is a blog that I started as a class project, but it evolved into something that I love to do so much even to this day. It is, you know, my business now, sharing ways to help people live more sustainably, meeting them where they are, and, you know, making their life sustainable for the personal lifestyle. Yeah, and I love that you talk so much about making sustainability sustainable for the person doing it. And that's something that is really important to me as well. But I love how you convey that over your Instagram and blog. So can you tell us a little bit more about Old World New, kind of things you talk about on there? Oh, yeah. Um, I love to thrift. Um, I've been thrifting since I was little. Didn't think much of it. You know, it was just normal. And um, we went to garage sales. So that was a fun summer activity. You know, it only happened in the summer. We couldn't go when it was cold. And I love secondhand things or hand-me-down things. I'm the youngest of eight kids. So that was normal to get everybody else's clothes. And I looked forward to it. I'm like, are you done wearing that yet? Like, when is it my turn to have it? So I love secondhand things. And uh, I share what I call sustainable living tips, hashtag sustainable living tips, and just try to break things down to make them easier, share what has worked for me personally, and then also examine what doesn't work for me and what, you know, mainstream makes seem easy and how maybe it wasn't easy for me so that people can understand, like, this isn't a one-size-fits-all answer for living sustainably. Obviously, thrifting is a big part of what you talk about, which is what we're talking about today. Can you share why thrifting or buying secondhand is important? I believe it's really important because we deem things trash before they're actually trash. And part of that has to do with the companies right now. Companies don't make things the same way they used to. It's easy to produce things, so they make them fast and it makes it easier to throw away. Old school things, they were made with more attention to detail and with the intent to keep them alive longer, functioning longer, able to be passed down through different generations so that people can continue to use them because they knew that resources were finite. There wasn't an endless supply of, you know, cotton for everybody. And even though we can make things fast now, our our resources are still finite. We deplete the earth when we overproduce. And then there are some actual resources that once we reach the end of them, we can't recreate them. So um, extending the lifespan of anything, whether it's a shirt or a couch, I think that is so important to the environment and, you know, showing that we really understand that we have to take care of our things. And just because someone else owned them first doesn't mean just because they're finished with it, that doesn't mean that that product is over. It's, it's life is over. 
Yeah, those are really, really great points. And one thing that I read on in one of your blog posts was that thrifting is also good for the economy and our local communities. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, for sure. A lot of thrift stores are attached to either a charitable organization or they themselves employ, you know, local community members who may not be able to get jobs elsewhere. They help people who are in dire situations, whether that's through sharing some of the things that you donate with those people or employing those people and giving them a steady income. So in your local community, when you buy clothes from any store, you know, you're supporting somebody in your community. And then when you give those clothes um, at the end of their usefulness to you to be donated, that helps someone else in need too. So it's a constant cycle of helping people in your community. I think that's so important to note because that's not a benefit that I think a lot of people are aware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thrifting and buying secondhand has really become, in air quotes, trendy the, the last couple of years, maybe a little bit longer. But you say multiple times, and I agree, that it's not a trend and it has been around forever uh, as well as reusing. Can you expand on that? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, our ancestors and I'll start like grandparents and up, even our parents' generation They had to share clothes. They had to, you know, make things themselves. Many of them had to make things themselves. And the time and energy that went into that, they just weren't throwing things away. (laughs) They would pass it on to someone in their family. They would pass it on to a neighborhood kid who could fit it if there was no one in their family who could. The... They, they just didn't have the resources to go to a b- big box store and buy something that they wanted or that they needed even. They had to make those things on their own or save up a lot of money to go out of town to the big nice store and buy it. And so they protected those things. And just because we have access so easily to all these things now, it doesn't mean that we should protect them any less. Like we still need to put that same care into anything that we bring into our home so that it is useful far beyond our personal use for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes into our next, the next question I have. And so with the rise in popularity for thrifting or buying secondhand, I've started to also see, I don't know if complaints is the right word, but I'll use that, complaints for Um, that item selection has dwindled or prices have gone up for the people that actually rely on secondhand shopping for their items. Can you address that a little bit? I have seen a rise in the prices of products at thrift stores and even on what are half price days, a lot of the thrift stores in my area will host one half price day a month. And those days are usually filled with people who actually like really need to get a new wardrobe or get things for their kids. And sometimes you'll see resellers there or like trendy kids there. But most of the time it's packed to the brim. The line is wrapped around the store for people who need the price point that thrift stores offer. And because of the popularity, you know, anytime there's a demand in things, the price rises I don't necessarily agree with it for thrift stores, but I do understand it when those thrift stores benefit people. So Goodwill in particular, their prices have skyrocketed to the point of like 
I will go to Goodwill last. But at the same time, I understand that when I do go to Goodwill, they have opportunities for people to be hired and to help them, you know, succeed in their community. So the money that I do spend there, it really is benefiting people. They have whole programs set up. You can visit their website to read about it. But at the same time, not everybody can afford that. So, you know, it's a it's a touchy situation, you know, because on one end, on the consumer end, they need those low prices. But then when the business is set up to help others, they're raising the prices to help someone else. So it's like you have to choose your battle. Like, are you being helped on the front end or are you being helped on the back end? And most people need those front end prices to be low so that they can spend that money on other things that they need. Yeah. And I think it it back to how so many things in the sustainability movement is not clear cut. You know, it's it there's really a ton of gray area and it, it sounds like this is one of those things. Yes, for sure. So is there anything that those of us who may not rely solely on thrift stores for our items do to help keep prices down, but still support people in our community? Do you have any tips or ideas on that? Oh, well, actually, the only thing I can think of for that is like maybe having your own garage sale because people in need also, you know, people go for fun, but people also go because they need that low price point. So that's a way that you could help. So instead of donating everything to a thrift store without thinking about it, Share the items that you want to get rid of in a buy nothing group if you're okay with accepting no money for it. Host your own garage or yard sale if you have the time and a good amount of items. Or get together with some of your friends or neighbors and host it so that you can provide more items and it can help more people in the community. I'm not sure like directly reaching out to a thrift store how that would help because I know many times the smaller ones they're doing the best that they can and trying to also you know help their employees so their price points they are set what they are for a particular reason but they're still usually low it's the bigger and chain um, thrift stores that I usually see that are uh, raising the prices up a lot. Yeah I have also noticed that as well Uh, we've got a, a small local chain i mean it's like maybe four or five stores and there's still what i would consider you know reasonable but yeah i've noticed goodwill as well as as one of the ones that are raising the prices and i will link to the resources that you just shared into the show notes so that if anyone is uh, not familiar with the stuff like the buy nothing group or the other ones addy mentioned you can find that there and i think those are really great ideas Last year, we were going to have a garage sale and because of COVID ended up not doing it. So I just had a free yard on sale, I guess you was called and just like threw stuff on the curb. And if you're somebody that's looking to get rid of stuff and, and don't need to sell for the money, that is a fantastic way to get rid of a lot of stuff in a short period of time. Yeah, a little um, idea. So yeah, it was it was it was fun and, and just you know, like you said, just another way to get stuff out into the community and, and still support them. On your blog, you have a post and a corresponding YouTube video where you share that ninety percent of your family's wardrobe is thrifted. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess that you probably have some tips that you can share about thrifting kids items so can you share first uh, some tips for thrifting kids clothes 
Okay. One of my number one tips is to shop a season ahead. Gauge, you know, check your child's clothes and start to pay attention when you get them dressed each day. How does this fit? Am I going to have to go up one size, two sizes? Or like, am I going to have to stay in the same size because their waist hasn't grown at all? And make note of the sizes that you need. So if it's winter, you're making note of sizes for spring. So shop at least like a month in advance. I, sometimes I get crazy with it and go two months in advance. <laughs> but it has evolved because when he was, you know, zero to one, his size was changing every three months. But now he's four, about to be five. His size changes once a year. But he also can still, like, I'm just now starting to get rid of 3T clothes because he's getting too tall for them. They still fit in the waist, but, like, they his shorts look like underwear on him now because he's getting so tall. Um, so... We're phasing out all the leftover 3T clothes and preparing to buy 5T clothes for late summer and fall. So plan ahead, gauge their sizes right now and how you think they'll be able to fit items within the next few months and shop one month in advance for the season that's coming up. That's a fantastic tip. And I just want to share, I think, a common parent vent about what you mentioned where the kids' clothes fit in the waist mm -hmm. but look like high water or, as you said, yes. underwear <laughs> with shorts or pants. So if there's anybody that's involved in the clothing industry, can we please work on that? Because it's oh super frustrating. <laughs> it is. I know I work with one brand, um, Baya Maid. She originally worked with a big name brand designing kids clothes, but she broke off and she has her own business now named for her daughter, Baya. And she makes clothes that fit two to three times longer. They are clothes that grow with you. So you get them in the size that the child is now and they'll still be able to fit for the next year too. And sometimes, you know, depending on how you, you keep them and how they fit, they could maybe even fit for three years. So they, she makes rompers and they are the cutest thing ever. They're like heirloom quality pants. And it's all from also um, dead stock fabric. So she gets the fabric from someone who was going to throw it away in the first place. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. I follow her on Instagram. I will definitely link to her Instagram and website in the show notes. Okay. So if anyone's interested to check her out. Do you have any tips for kids gear? Like uh, toys and, oh. you know, the... Mm -hmm baby stuff maybe stuff like that definitely I have thrifted almost every subject of item for my son we purchased secondhand cloth diapers before he was born and after he was born when I started landing on a brand and a fit that I liked the most and went through the whole deep cleaning process and they work just fine and some of those secondhand diapers will go on to our next child because there's that much life left in them we have thrifted toys um, since pretty early on, not from the beginning, mostly because I didn't want them to have a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but somehow we still ended up here with a whole bunch of stuff. Like the other day, he has a Black Panther toy at home. He was sitting in the cart so he could see the toys. The toys lined the tops of the racks at our favorite thrift store. And he saw another Black Panther. And he was like, Mom, get this and paint it and make it into Killmonger. And I'm like, so... Okay. He had a, it was justified. So I was like, okay, I can't say no <laughs> to this. So we have two Black Panthers now. 
one still waiting on me to paint it to be Killmonger. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows the drill. We thrift it. Uh, We get home and wash our hands because even though I tried to not get him to play with them, he still plays with them. Get home, wash our hands, and he has to wait until I disinfect it for him to play with it for real at home and to, you know, merge it in with the rest of his toys. So toys are easy peasy. I usually only thrift hard toys so that I can clean the surfaces very well. I have thrifted wooden toys before and like was really adamant about cleaning them like two or three times just in case they ended up in his mouth. But I found some great quality wooden toys. You know, those are great for the early stages when kids are learning. But I try not to thrift soft things because you just never know. Even if it's brand new in the package, you never know what can be trapped in in those fibers. And um, our thrift stores here in Texas are required by state law to use a specific disinfectant. And that smell takes a while to get out of clothes even. So it's hard to get it out of something like a stuffed animal that's full of fibers holding on to that disinfectant. But yeah, we, we, we thrift everything. I found um, a snowsuit for him <laughs> and it seemed ridiculous when I purchased it. But then we had an ice storm in Texas. <laughs> yeah. So it came in handy. <laughs> you were uh, you were on top of that one. Yes, <laughs> definitely planning ahead there. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just share what you use to clean the toys, the uh, hardwood surface, and then the wooden ones? I use Counter Culture, which is a um, cleaner that gets rid of bad bacteria but it um they use the science to you know keep good bacteria on things but that's just one of my very favorite cleaners so I don't go in with bleach and attack it I use counterculture it's gentle they have like really nice scents as well cool okay thank you for sharing that I will link to that in the show notes okay um so you shared that you won't thrift or buy secondhand soft fibrous items is there anything else that you wouldn't for kids um maybe underwear but that's probably it we purchase secondhand um swimming shorts and you know make sure to disinfect them well and check them for stains or tears or anything like that before i go through with purchasing them we purchase shoes i have a harder time finding adult shoes but sometimes i look out with children's shoes like being brand spanking new at the thrift store like barely any any marks any wear and tear so besides underwear and stuffed animals maybe something that would end up in their mouth a lot like a rattle I wouldn't buy that but besides that we we go for it all yeah that sounds about the same for us Mm -hmm. uh, but we wouldn't buy either but I know that your son is younger comparatively to kids ages but you know when I was growing up buying or wearing secondhand clothes was not cool and my mom would try to take us to the thrift store to get clothes and I was a giant brat really about (laughs) it because I thought it wasn't cool I don't know if this has come up with you yet but have you thought about how you will address this if it does come up you know I haven't but now speaking with you about it I I need to dive into that um I've thrifted and been in garage sales my whole life and I've always had a sense of wonder at thrift stores because I have a big imagination about like who uses first and you know I wonder what the life was of the item right now my son still has a sense of wonder but it's because oh my god so many toys are loose I want them all (laughs) and he's like yeah that shirt's cool whatever but give me to the toys lady but if that does come up 
I don't I I don't know because even right now like we purchased bottles of water and gallons of water and it's a foreign concept to him because we haven't used them in his lifetime he's seen them like at events but bringing them home he's like what is this why is water in this bottle (laughs) (laughs) so I know at some point he will be exposed to other people's opinions about secondhand clothes but I feel like it all you know you can find things that look brand new and you can find things that are so fashionable and I believe fashion isn't about a brand a specific brand it's more so about how you feel in the clothes how you style the clothes and you know making sure that the clothes are doing what they're supposed to do like they don't have any big holes in them so I hope that we can speak through it when he gets older and you know let him know this is why we thrift and you know some people may have other opinions because of how they were raised but you know maybe talk to them about it and you don't have to meet eye to eye with it you know just tell them this is why you do this and it's your stance but if he is at a point where he wants to buy new things as well I hope to be able to instill in him that you know you have to save up your money and invest in things that are of good quality versus something fast fashion that wouldn't last long which would make you upset anyway you know you buy something and you have to trash it a year later that's upsetting buy something that will last a long time for you and then be able to be can resell it or give it to someone else at a later time Mm. that's my hopeful wishing so (laughs) if we knock heads about it we'll figure that out (laughs) no I think those are really good tips and I can imagine probably doing something similar I think that one thing that we're running into With my son right now, he's five and a half, and he's really interested in kind of the clothes with the characters on them, you know, Paw Patrol or Mm -hmm. what have you. And so, you know, that's been more of a challenge, but I have been able to find some online, uh, like ThreadUp, or there's Mm -hmm. a site called Toy Cycle, And, and so we've kind of gotten around it that way for now, but (laughs) I'm just, you know, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets older. For sure. Yeah. Online sites have helped us a lot. So um, if I'm needing something specific and more quickly and thrift stores aren't helping, we'll get on, like you said, toy cycle, a thread up or a Poshmark even, and I'll let him look at things and he can pick them out that way still secondhand yeah yeah Poshmark I did I forgot about that one and we also look at um, Mercari and I do the same thing I'll find a couple of specifically we just were looking for rain boots and I was looking for ones that were gonna last longer than two months Mm -hmm. because he's pretty rough on them and I believe we did end up going it was either Poshmark or Mercari I don't remember which one but I did the same thing I just I showed him a couple that you know were in our price range and let him pick it out and he he found a really cool pair that he loves so that yeah that's worked for us as well that's awesome Okay, so we've mentioned and you've mentioned more so a ton of resources for thrifting, kids' clothes and gear. Do you have any other favorite ones that we haven't talked about yet? Facebook Marketplace. That is a, you know, it's local, so you don't have to pay for shipping. Um, You can just go pick it up from a neighbor, however far that is from you. It's one of my favorite places to find things for the entire house, and it definitely helps for uh, my son as well. Yeah, we're big fans of it too. Uh, And they even have a shipping option now. So if you 
aren't able to get around in your neighborhood, that is an, a new option. We Yeah, we love that too. All right. So um, changing gears just a tiny bit. You recently did a talk about upcycling. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk about that on your Instagram, especially a lot. So when kids go through clothes, when they're really tough on them, which is often, you know, sometimes you're left with items that can't be donated or passed on. And I know that textile recycling can be challenging to find for many people. Do you have tips or ideas on what we can do with clothes that can't be donated or ways to upcycle them? Yes, I say try to exhaust all options of reuse in a different way. I know it can be overwhelming when your pile of items that aren't reusable starts to turn into like a monster pile. But then I think that gives you the chance to reassess how you are investing in items that end up as waste so soon. But uh, with kid kids kids items that can happen really quickly, like I just found a pair of my son's underwear with three holes in them, and I could swear that the last time he wore them, they didn't have any holes in them. I don't know what my washing or dry, washing machine or dryer did to them, but I threw them into a pile that we have that's like going to be sorted out for donating and reusing. And like my first idea was like he needs to clean his shoes, so I guess we're going to do it with the undies. <laughs> So you can use old fabrics to clean the house, you know, clean those gunky areas that you might not want your nice towels touching or that the Swiffer won't, it can't get into those crevices. So use those towels to really get down and dirty and clean. You can use them like to help with your dog. So you have like an old blanket that is ratty. Use it to dry the dog off or use it, let the dog have it for a blanket. I have a hairless dog who chews through his blankets because he has a nervous tick and he chews on everything. Um, So he has been through a lot of blankets and we usually thrift them for him, but he's gotten a few of uh, my son's blankets from when he was little that weren't, you know, we weren't going to reuse. There are a myriad of options to find a use for old items in your house and even without like sewing skills or craftiness you can you can find ways to repurpose them like save a stash of old towels or old clothes to use to wash the car one day or if you're gonna like do some mud play outside with your kids use it for that there are you know you can think of several options for it yeah those are all really great tips okay so um there's a few questions that i've been asking everybody so i wanted to dive into those quick uh, before we wrap up and the first one is what is one of your biggest challenges raising an eco minimalist or eco kid right now I think one of the hardest challenges in the beginning and somewhat now is getting other people who love my child to not invest into wasteful things and giving them to him. It's taken some awkward conversations uh, or text messages being like, we love you so much, but can you please not buy that? Because, you know, he has X, Y, and Z, so he doesn't need A, B, C, And it just piles up in the house. It overwhelms him, overwhelms us, and then it won't last long. So that's one of the hardest things. I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. One other pain point, (laughs) good segue. Another common pain point, though, that I know a lot of people who are raising children have is balancing the convenience, time-saving 
usually not so eco-friendly items and your sustainability lifestyle. Do you have any tips on how you how you balance that? For sure. We did this yesterday and it came to mind. Uh, my number one thing is to give yourself grace because there's no perfect sustainable person. Maybe there is, but I'm not her. Um, give yourself grace. So yesterday we went out for a homeschool day at a reptile store and the farmer's market. And I was rushing around, you know, trying to pack things. And I packed our bamboo and stainless steel items. But when we ate, there was a lot of plastic, um, plastic bags. We ate at two different places within the farmer's market. So both of them gave us plastic bags. Both of us, both of them gave us containers for the food that were not recyclable, as well as um, forks that were not recyclable. And so when he asked for popcorn, they gave it to us in a paper and plastic bag, neither of which could be recycled. And he got a drink in a paper and paper cup, plastic lid, neither recyclable. I was like, no straw, please. That's the only thing I can do today. But that's what I'm, I'm going to say it, no straw. And I got a weird look. And she was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm used to them now. And for my ice cream, I asked for no spoon because that was what we had. So I could have easily, it didn't feel easy to me yesterday morning, but if I had prepared better, I could have packed us a lunch that would have only used up the waste that we already generated home. But I didn't and I was in a rush, but I took what I could in the moment before we left and it saved us a straw and a spoon. And that was all I could do yesterday. But beating myself up about it at the end of the day would not have helped anyone. So I gave myself grace. Yeah, I think that's so important is because I think that the guilt that we give ourselves and we being the collective, mm -hmm. we, it can start to be really debilitating and it starts to become counterproductive. So yes. that is a, a really important tip and also you were helping to support a local business right you know which is important as well so I didn't even consider that but yeah <laughs> we stopped yeah <laughs> yep do you have any other favorite resources for thrifting buying secondhand anything related to that and kids besides what we covered today Let's see, following hashtags or accounts on Instagram that share secondhand clothes, I follow, or even secondhand items and gear. I follow a couple from my homeschool account where these ladies, they thrift books. And so they'll post, they'll have like $1 books in their stories, you know, 2 to $10 books. They go fast. Like you have to have your notifications on that they post on their feed. And that's a, I love secondhand books. So when I see new ones, new to me ones on her feed that I haven't seen in my stores before, like I said, they go fast. So you have to hop on them and get them right away. So anything you can think of that you would want, you can find it secondhand and you can probably find somebody selling it on Instagram or at least sharing that they're selling it on another platform on Instagram. So search the hashtags, search the, you know, people people you may like or even if you follow one already search the people they follow and you can find even more because you know they're trying to help each other out you can find a secondhand item for anything <laughs> you just gotta you have to do the digging but once you get there it's like ah don't buy it all <laughs> yeah that is so true there are a lot of those instagram accounts 
popping up. I've seen them for kids' clothing. I've seen them, you can find them for specific categories like vintage wear or, mm-hmm. and they're all over. For the hashtags, would it just be like kids, secondhand kids' clothes or something like that? Yeah, I follow like the really, really mainstream ones like secondhand first or a thrift store find. So those can be saturated with a bunch of random different things, but you'll get some good nuggets every now and then. Sure, and you can probably log in or follow those and then dig down from there because they'll likely be using other hashtags too. So that's a good place to start. I will link to, or not link, but I will put those in the show notes so that if anyone wants to follow along, you can reference them there. And then is there anything else that you would like to share that we didn't cover today? Not at the top of my mind. I think we we covered a lot of ground. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Um, So last thing is just then uh, if you could share where people can find you. Okay. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Old World New. And on Twitter and Pinterest, I'm most active on Pinterest over Twitter at Old World New Girl. And you can visit my website at oldworldnew.us. I will definitely link to all your social accounts and blog in the show notes so you people can just find you right there. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your thrifty knowledge. (laughs) I was thinking, I'm like, you're definitely the thrifting guru that I follow. (laughs) You're one of the top that I, you know, your thrifting stuff. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. And that's one of my favorite things too. Oh, thank you for having me. I I get excited about thrifting. So I'm like, I don't even remember what she just (laughs) thank you for having me today but like if I can convert somebody to thrifting or convince them to check out thrift stores or even online because you know not everybody's built for the thrift store I get so excited so I'm happy to you know have that community so you can you know visit my page and freak out about thrifting with me (laughs) yeah yeah everyone definitely go follow it's a great account very fun so yeah but thank you again and talk to you soon all right thank you bye-bye Thank you so much again for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing. These three things are the best way to ensure that the podcast reaches other people who are trying to raise eco-minimalists. Additionally, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, as well as the link to join the Facebook community group, all in the show notes. Finally, don't forget that you can become a member of the podcast and receive benefits such as extra bonus episodes, episodes a day early, learn about guests ahead of time, and lots more. The link to becoming a member or to find out more info is also in the show notes. Oh, and one last thing. Don't forget that in order for sustainable living to be sustainable, it has to be sustainable for you. Until next time, bye. Bye.